Hi, I'm Nikki Felbert. I'm a filmmaker and continuous seeker of life's truth and natural magic. And here's where I get to share amazing interviews and findings with you from people that have followed a calling and have a wealth of knowledge to share. Valentina Leo is a, an artist and a, mainly a Tantra teacher. Valentina, how did you get into Tantra? What interested you about Tantra in the first place? Hmm, that's a nice question. Um, I, I was attracted by the aesthetic uh, of Tantrism. So the iconography, the images of Kali and Shiva. I was so in love with Shiva. It's like so, it's this hunky man with muscle and blue skin and wild hair and very feminine. And I like the blend of quality that he represented. And uh, I thought that having a God that was so sensual made life much more exciting than having a God. You know, I grew up Christian, so you have two choices. Either the old man with the beard <laughs> yes. that judges you, or is the young man suffering on the cross, being yeah. cut up in pieces, and we have to witness his suffering. And it wasn't a version of uh, Jesus the lover, mm -hmm. and somehow, Shiva became the lover and and so that really attracted me this iconography Kali was the wild one very different from the image of the Virgin Mary that is quiet and tamed and her hands are always together mm -hmm. like she doesn't touch life or children or she doesn't get dirty with life and it's hard to relate to a woman like that because even as an Italian all our mother always have their hand dirty yeah. doing the doing dishes things. doing things touching the children making the food and who is this woman that has the hand always like in into each other only and now there is Kali and she's wild her hands are everywhere she's black she shows you the tongue she was very reverent Yes. And in those days, when I really started to pay attention, I was a punk. I was living in London. And so Kali was a perfect iconography for a punk, you yeah. know? <laughs> Wild. Like, yes, and uh, sticking the tongue out of society, at belief system. And so she was in my team, you know? Mm -hmm. She was half naked, I mean, fully naked as well, the majority of the time. So she was also not... Um, shining away from her belief system. She was giving her all yeah. and that's what we were doing as punk and we were obo punk and also those were the years of wild sex for me. London, when I lived in London was sex, drugs and rock and roll. So wow. my sexuality was also wild and so she was really attracted to me. And so that's, I think was the first entry point and when I traveled to India, when I was 25, I landed in India as a punk, as a hobo punk, <laughs> yeah. with a bald head and a Mohican, which then I proceeded to shave very quickly because no one had seen a woman with a Mohican in India. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. too much attention. Yeah. <laughs> and so I shaved the Mohican and I became a yogini. Uh, everybody thought I was a yogini. In those days, I haven't even done yoga yet. I started at 26, so. Yeah. Um, 
and but I saw the picture of Kali and I loved her so I bought this black kajal and I would put black line across my eyes and along the side and I would put a line in the middle of my bald head and I discovered the red dot I love the red dot and I was full of piercings. I had a lot of dingling, dangling, and I had a piercing on my tongue. Yeah. So I used to stick it out and show my piercing to the Brahmin and to the Sadhu, and they would go. I would love to scare them. <laughs> and they were all a Challenge. mix of attraction, intimidation. Some also got very scared of me, which was dangerous zone because they could do nasty thing like stone me or yeah. um, really express their dislikes. So I've learned to check that vibe immediately and and some of them used to bow at me when I would walk because I mean I, I used to wear all this element the necklace with the skull and the flower and I used to go to the temple every morning I love the ritual I love the color mm. and I my background also is in art and performing art and so the body painting they would paint yes. my forehead all of that was extremely fascinating for me and it was very different from growing up Catholics where you don't get physically involved in the ritual in the church. The yeah. men talk and you listen. Maybe if you're lucky you sing some song if yeah. you're in a good community. But otherwise, all but you, you can... you don't sing, you, you sing. Yes! <laughs> you don't paint, you, yeah. don't, uh, you don't really bring the whole of yourself. Mm. And, um, and one time I remember we were on a rickshaw with this Australian friend and I saw this sado bowing at me and I was like, what are they doing? It's like, no, they think you are a yogini because you're bold. He educated me. I had no idea of the impact I was having. I was just having fun as a punk. We, we do this in London all the time, but no one was bowing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everybody was just commenting, oh, get a job, you know? <laughs> get, pull yourself together. <laughs> and there they express reverence. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? He says, just bless them. Oh, okay. And I would <laughs> just put my hand up and they were like this. And, you know, now I laugh at this a lot because now I'm fully into the tradition and the aspect of devotion, it's a very big element in my teaching. Mm. And the bowing, it's, it's radical in, in understanding the teaching. And so now this flashback, this memory come to me when I was there but I wasn't really conscious of what was happening. Yeah. So in a sense, I, I think Tantra happened to me. Yeah. It really pulled me. And it used the element of fascination and seduction that I couldn't resist it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just had to surrender. So. What I find fascinating is that as soon as you say Tantra, I think sex. <laughs> and as soon as I ask you about Tantra, you talked about Kali and Shiva and the more spiritual aspect of that. Mm, so yeah. there is quite a um, quite a balance between the sexual aspect and the knowledge and the practices. Um, and so how much of Tantra is actually a sexual practice? As much as you want to make it. I mean, that will be the obvious answer, you know, because Tantra is about everything and sex belongs to everything, to the realm of all. And um, if you want to devote your complete life practice to the exploration of your sexuality, you can. It's, it's nowhere is written that you shouldn't. Clearly, if your whole life is only focused on that, yeah, you might become an expert on sexuality. But from the point of your tantrism, while well, you're missing out on all the other parts of everything. 
Because yeah. now you you funneling in one specific aspect. Mm. And when we do that, we tend to become quite dogmatic and exclusive to something. And Tantrism really wants to teach you about being alive in the world, having this experience as a human being. So having a body that relate to the world, relate to other human beings, mm -hmm. relate to things and animals, relate to inspiration, to the mind. So that our whole experience of life, it's a relationship with the mystery. Right. We can call it God, but it's even more mysterious because when we say God, we already, already have a lot of idea. So yes. can I find God in sex? But can I also find it in food, in walking, in um, the most boring, grim job of... Uh, mm, stamping letter or routine, uh, being a butcher or uh, being a, a cash attendant. Right. And you know, in the, in the tradition, a lot of the real wise uh, master are found really mingling yes. in the normal people, in, in the least expected place. It's oh. not the big guru that is recognized by everybody. Yes. Maybe that's in the world of spirituality. But tantrism, we call it, is the, is the bad child of spirituality. <laughs> it's the rebel. That's why that. we have Kali like that. <laughs> <laughs> so to appear an enlightened master as an enlightened master is almost too obvious. And I'm not going to trigger anything in you. So to appear in your life as the sweeper in the road and, and bring you wisdom in that way mm. will crumble all your belief system. Yeah and help you to become supple and elastic about the totality of life. The wisdom cannot be found only in one place. And so to go back to your question, sexuality. Definitely sexuality is an aspect that needs to be looked at. Yeah. Um, mainly from the philosophical point of view, because that's where you come from. Me and you, we both, and all of humanity come from sexual from a sexual act. Yeah. Mommy and Daddy made love. Yeah. We hope it was great. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Yeah. We can only but hope. <laughs> and there we come, <laughs> you know? We are product of sex. We yeah. good, bad, mediocre. So Tantrism also it says that if you want to know about yourself, look where you come from. It's very simple because already it's gonna give you some hint where to go in what realm to explore more. Mm. And so the hints are that we are product of sexuality and so our sexuality is our essential life force manifesting on this planet. So you can now expand the lens in which you look at sexuality means that uh, first of all without that you wouldn't be alive yes. and therefore there are great chances that that could belong to the realm of sacredness. <laughs> right. Because without it, you wouldn't simply plainly exist. Yeah, humanity would not exist no. without all this conversation sex. that we are having about yeah. the mystery and God and sex yeah. wouldn't exist. The conversation of being alive, the relationship with the divine, everything. So this is really important now. Now suddenly it's like, okay, maybe this aspect of our life is extremely sacred. Yeah, and then again. At some level, we stop calling it sacred because every time we do, we also bring forth the possibility that it couldn't be. 
if I have to say it, it means that I doubt it as well. Right. And yes. I have to reinforce it. Yes. So even when it's too reinforced, it becomes polarized. Mm. You know, in some circle, it's all about sacred sexuality. It's about sexuality. Doesn't yes. have to be sacred. Are Just children yes. sacred? Of course they are. Yeah. Don't call it, oh, my sacred child every day, you know? <laughs> so it's also to start to really embody our belief system and we have to, we can stop pushing it. Mm. So the people that are really bringing the sexual work to the forefront of tantrism shows that they're still also agreeing to the part of them that think it's also not sacred. Right. That is dark and dingy and dirty. Mm -hmm. And they're still in the journey of transformation. And so maybe they need to keep repeating it to themselves mm -hmm. until it's really settled in their being. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, boom, it's done. Now that, once you have that settling in your body, now you can look at the rest of life, owning that peace. It doesn't, you don't need to fight for it or pushing it or over, um, give it too much attention. Yeah, it just is. It just is. I think for me, um, the, the confusion comes in, it's like, also br growing up Christian, it's like sex is so that you can have a child. And is it okay to have sex just to enjoy it or to connect with someone? Oh my God. <laughs> How can it not be okay? <laughs> Jeez, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess why would it be pleasurable if... You see, if this is the first them? split that the religion has made on us. Because, mm. you know, we can speak about, we come from the same place. I'm Italian, so we even have the Pope in our land. It's intense. You know, my family never went to church, but religious was taught at school as state religion. So it becomes socialized. It's not even a spiritual choice. It's mm. how we socialize into life. Right. So marriage is sacred. Children are sacred because a married without a child can be dissolved. Yes. That's very important. Yeah. So it means that the, the church acknowledge that if a couple doesn't have a child, it's so important, that peace, that the marriage can be annulated, cancelled, yes. yeah. for no other reason. Yeah. So it brings that awareness that they are aware yes. that sexual activity must take place in order to have a child. Yeah. You know, so now marriage is sacred, child is sacred, but what it take for the marriage to, to also, how do you say, to lock the vow? Also the marriage can be uh, annulated if you can prove that since the date of marriage you never made love. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. You didn't know? Yes. Yeah. If you can prove that, the marriage can be cancelled from a Christian point of view, I don't know, from, by law, yes. but uh, f by the law of God, because it hasn't been consumed, huh. consummated. Yes. Yeah? And so also you see this language we're using as if sex, it's like something you have to consume and dry out the resources of it. Mm. You know, so you cannot go back there and keep resourcing. That's when yeah. we're consuming our resources on the planet so the way sex is seen it's already something to consume not something to enjoy yeah which yeah. will be sustainable for your life yeah and and so now marriage is sacred you have to have sex otherwise your marriage is not valid and you must have children otherwise your marriage it's also not valid in yeah. the eyes of God and how that happened it's dark it's a sin yeah. it's wrong now 
our psychology starts to crack there, uh, your sense of identity is going to get lost there. Mm -hmm. There is a tremendous crack. It's a, it's a crack of healthy development in a human being. There is a gap. There is a gap. And no one wants to look at this gap. Yeah. And we're terrified even to bring the question up because the grandmother and the mother will tell me, oh, is this what you're thinking about? <laughs> Go on and make your homework. <laughs> it's like, of course it's what I'm thinking about because the maths doesn't add up. Yeah. And you're teaching me maths and you're teaching <laughs> me to be intelligent. And yeah. my intelligence, which is your innate expression of your sexuality also, the mind that is curious, want to know, where is this missing piece? Where has it gone? Who swallowed it? How, yeah. how do I go about it? Yeah. And, and so we have no answer for that. And hence, I feel this is how we are broken humanity. We are broken as humanity. We are on antidepressant. Mm -hmm. We are on uh, um, self-medication, alcohol, drugs, um, you Social name it. Social media. Social media, <laughs> so we can talk about sex, but don't really do it. <laughs> Have a lot of conversation. Mm -hmm and forget to be in the body, alive in the body, and, and really enjoy yourself. So sorry, okay, I diverge now. You asked me, you, you didn't think that enjoying sexuality had a place. So from the tantric teaching, the traditional tantric teaching tells you that you're a magnificent being, mm -hmm. and your job, your purpose, your first, um, if you want to call it purpose, purpose also feels a little bit too hard. But let's get along with that. Your main purpose on this planet is to enjoy yourself. Yeah. On all level. Yeah. When you are happy, God is happy. The cosmos is happy. When you are sad, everything is sad. There is only you having an experience of reality. Mm. And so everything depends on your entry place. So if you're coming, you're looking at life or your momentary reality with regret, with fear, with angst, with disconnection, with insecurity, with awkwardness, of course life would look doom and hard and terrible and really hard and mean and aggressive mm. and a source of suffering. Mm. But if you manage, if you come from a place of fulfillment, Life suddenly has so many gifts and becomes an instant celebration of your own heart. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a much nicer way to live. And then <laughs> sex from the tantric tradition, once you understand this, then have plenty sex because now your sexuality is not going to be manipulative. You're not going to use your partner to give you what you don't think you can have or your low self-esteem needs to be fixed by another, yes. or the game of power, power needing over, to be loved. needing to be loved because I think I am not love. Yeah. You know, it's all go down to the belief system I'm holding. And so sex becomes very abusive, painful, manipulative. And of course, this is a source of a lot of sorrow also, mm -hmm. an addiction, mm -hmm. great addiction, because yeah. it's always ultimately unfulfilled. So once you instead understand that you're a magnificent being celebrating your embodiment, then sexuality is a celebration yeah. of the moon and the sun coming together, the polarity, a force that enters and a force that dissolves, that keeps changing. Women can penetrate and men can be penetrated. I mean, this is also very limited to think that we have also 
job, fixed job in sex. Yeah. That's where also we lose the juice, you know. Yeah. When we start to blend and, and expand, yeah. then is a celebration. Then you ought to you ought to enjoy sex if you want to fulfill your purpose in life. Yeah. So, so you're talking about really opening up to to moving into whatever's coming for you for for sex. So yeah. Not to go. This is my this is my role, and I'll lie here and yes and be penetrated and okay yeah. uh, uh, it's it's really more fluid than that it's more creative and, and also creative like an artist you know yeah. tantra invites you to live your life as an artist paint your color ask for what you want you can have it all like when you make a painting you can fly and you can go underwater and sexuality is so amazing because it offers you an entry point to all of this because it's the place where we rehearse ultimate mystical surrender, mm. where we forget we have a name and a social role. If you really let sex take you to the depth it can. Of course, if I'm busy thinking that I look good enough, yeah. or have I closed the door, or is my neighbor listening, or, you know, all this story that takes us out of the moment. Yeah. And then it can be tremendously painful. But if you let sex to take you in the moment, which what it calls for you, because that's where we come from. Mm. And so it's the potential to take us back where we come from, right. which is the mystery. Yeah. And there we can go to resource, back into source, where I come from, to, to, to harvest tools to bring them back with me to be in the world. This is where I am, where a source invites me to express. Mm. So, so then sex becomes a, a tremendous tool for resources. Mm. Almost a practice for, for surrender. Yes, and, and, and to dissolve duality. Mm. I am good, I am bad. Well, in sex, I am good and bad at the same time. <laughs> I can yeah. be so bad that I turn so good. Your lovers <laughs> can tell you, you are so good at being bad. You know, then is the world of ambiguity. Yeah. We can be all. You can be young and be wise. You can be childlike. Yeah. You know, my teacher always say that pure sexuality belongs to the realm of the children. And if you tell this to a Christian priest, tell you you are completely perverted and you should be arrested for say this world. And then at the same time, where are all the sex scandal happening? Yeah. yeah, it's very important to see where the split happen. Mm. How? it will always come back distorted. Mm -hmm. Because when you break something that is innate in your human expression, it will not go away. Yeah, yeah. It will always be here, is the essence of your being. We are all sexual energy moving. Mm. So what, what do you mean by um, sexuality as the, in the realm of the child? Is it um, looking at innocence? Yes, impurity. Oh, what is this? Oh, how does it feel? Oh, I love it. Can I put my mouth on it? Mm. Oh, let me feel your finger. Oh, I want to put it in my mouth, in my ears. Oh, let me feel. Oh, I like it. Yeah, please carry on. It's like my daughter. Sometimes I stroke her head mm. so soft and she just says, Ah, oh, mommy, I love it. I love it almost too much. It's giving me the shiver. <laughs> and, and she's like, um, stop it. I like it. And then we have this joke, you know, yeah. it's like, stop it. I like it. But that's, you know, as adult, how many times you want to say this? Yeah. Oh, God. Because when you like it so much, you, you, you drop all resistance. Mm. And so a child with me feels safe enough to do that. Yeah. 
and her sex sensuality, we can call it, wants more of that. Mm. And then she would go, oh, do it a little bit here. Oh, no, 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 too fast. I'll do it a bit. She's not shy to ask yeah. for what she wants. Yeah. Because to be in pleasure, she knows is her birthright. Why mm. should it be any other way? And because she feels safe with you. And because she knows that I love her, yeah. why would I want anything less than her pleasure? Yeah. And it happened in a sharing experience. So her pleasure becomes mine because we are yeah. doing it together. Yeah. So we are both integrated into this experience and this create intimacy. Mm. But when we grow up, we, we can't be childlike. Huh? We're told we need to be grow up, we need okay. to know what we want. How do you know sexuality is a mystery? So maybe with that lover yesterday when I was in that mood, when my hair was short and I looked different, I liked it this way. I liked certain things. Mm. Now I've changed. Now I like, I want to explore other things. Yeah. Maybe I want to ask you if you would tie me up. Because yeah. I really like it when you hold pressure on my wrist. And if I can say that, it can go in so many ways. Maybe, maybe when they tie you up, it's like, oh, no, 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 the rope doesn't do it for me. I actually wanted to feel your hand. Yeah. It feels really nice. And if you would be innocent and pure, you would say that. But as a grown-up, we go into them, what they're going to think. Yeah. Or what does it mean about me? What does he say about me? Yeah. Do, I, do I look like a slut then? Yeah. He would lose respect for me? Mm. And, you know, and ultimately, I think we lose respect for each other when we don't tell each other what do we really want mm. and how do we really feel about situation that we share because we can feel each other. Yeah. We know when your partner is a bit off and irritated yeah. and it's here but it's not here. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it just takes a moment to share truth. And that's the, for me, the most erotic things that human being can share is truth. And then that will expand all realm of your life, including sexuality. But again, it's not always just about sex because we do other things in life, no? Yeah. So if you learn to be honest and spontaneous in sexuality, you can do that in your life too. Mm. You'll be less challenged to ask for what you want from your boss or from your colleague or from your children. Yeah. I really like when you come home from school to do this or that, don't leave the shoes on the floor, mm. like vulnerable. Yeah. And it teaches them to be able to ask us as well. Yeah. yeah. To ask us what they want. Yes. Because you know, they learn from us. Don't, Certain don't things you things. don't ask, yeah. you know. You know, freedom, it's involved risks. Yeah. Because, yes, you could ask your lover something you really, really want, and they could not like that, and maybe stop loving you for that. Then the question comes, was it that real love? Yeah. Because, you know, if someone can stop loving you for something you say, it wasn't really love, it was commodity, it was comfort, it was many other reasons people are with each other, yeah. which I discover are the majority of the time. Wow. <laughs> Recently, I've yeah. discovered 80% of the time people are together for a lot of variety of reasons, but not for true intimacy and personal expansion mm. and wanting to know themselves. Wow. You know, it's, yeah, it makes me quite concerned <laughs> about humanity at large. But I mean, I was already concerned before, you know, we have a <laughs> yeah. lot of reason to be concerned. <laughs> Another reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you break, when you see this piece I just shared you, for me, is the biggest of all. Because when mm. you see how it breaks us inside, mm. then from that place, we express a, a broken identity into the world. And the majority of things we do will be strictly broken always. 
because they come from a belief system that was contaminated, not even broken. I don't like to use the word broken, actually, because from the tantric perspective, you can never be broken. Right. Your personality, maybe. Your yeah. persona, yes. And sometimes we go through violent experience in our life as children, and we are out of our control, we didn't choose them, and they create big, big scar. Mm -hmm. And when we use this word broken, um, it feels like it's gonna be like that forever. So let's not use this word because it's not appropriate. Um, but uh, we are, um, the belief system was contaminated, was uh, made uh, confused. Yeah. So we, we like to use this word in the teaching, confused, because confusion can clear. Yes. And then you can be aligned with your true essence. And this can happen to everybody, even after 50 years of practice can still happen and in fact ultimately it happens to everybody by the time we die when you know who you truly are so either you work it out in your lifetime or not you mm. know what it doesn't ultimately really really matter so we can all relax a little bit <laughs> yeah. and enjoy our life as it is sometimes yeah. because we're all gonna get it that's also sometimes, really beautiful in one life or another. yes you yeah. know and then when you when you die and we'll realize that time is irrelevant it only is relevant in this dimension then is yeah. this moment yeah. so we all gonna get there and that's that's beautiful <laughs> I wanted to ask you yeah. another question another yes. burning question yeah. that I've had is um, one of the thoughts that I have about sex is that when you have sex it depletes your energy so in Tantra we think of uh, sex as life force as giving energy mm. um, but so when I've had sex, I often feel very tired and relaxed, and it's nice, but mm. then I'm a little bit chilled for the day. <laughs> um, but so if you're having too much sex, are you just not, aren't you just depleting your life force, your energy? Um, well, there is um, um, a wonderful woman called Kimanami that teaches this. She says, if you are depleted by sex, is because you're not doing it right. <laughs> Simple, <laughs> yeah. you know? So something needs to change. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, and she's a great teacher for all this technique, plenty technique, you know, in the heritage of ta Tantric and Taoism, there is a lot of technique to improve your life force in the body. Yeah. And some people like to go that route, so it's not my route of choice, but I'm also, I'm very, I'm, I'm teaching from a very specific uh, tradition of Tantra. I just mm. want to say this for people that have other teacher, mm. they teach them in a different way and it might seem contradictory to what I'm saying right now. Mm -hmm. And Tantra is a very big umbrella and there are many schools that pay particular attention of different aspects. Right. And so you might then in that context, what's valid for them, it's not valid in my context, but it doesn't mean that it's absolutely not valid. I just want to say this, so maybe people have this different experience. I feel that when people are really tired after sex, it just means they're really tired. Right. <laughs> and they need to sleep more. Yeah. Generally in life. Yeah. And I notice that when I am well rested, I've got so much energy for sex. Yeah. As well as for so many other things. And so that's a reflection that I'm, I'm, I'm giving more than I have to give. 
And by paradox, sexuality can bring me back to source where I can go and, and resource that. Mm. And so we do have some practice in my tradition. Um, one is called Tandava. This, this is an, a, a practice of eroticism with reality, not mm. just with one partner. Mm. But then, then I put myself in the center of the universe and I make love with this moment and space and time and breath and my, and my tired body, mm. my exhausted being. And, and I can culture my eroticism with life like that. And, and they really... Um, recharging for the nervous system because we really allow to go where the nervous system wants to go naturally right. and in the world we keep shutting that down in our contemporary world to be tired is not okay mm. there's no time to have a nap or we must say shyly oh i'm just having a nap you know yeah it's like, yeah that's, that's also something we're not allowed to do to, you know yeah. because we need to run at the forefront of everything and yeah. um, is it real that's another question you can ask yourself you know and um, so uh, that's, that's the piece. So your question was, you f ah, you're supposed to get energy from it. So from that, after the Tandava, we, we have another practice that expands when you find this erotic place with yourself that is very non-demanding. Mm. Sometimes also in sexuality, we, the performance piece is really big mm. for everybody. Mm. And I still check myself on it every time I make love. I keep asking myself, oh, are you doing too much here? Mm. And, you know, are you, are you in your truth? Are you overgiving? You know, it's, it's ongoing. It's not that we end. We are human beings. Always learning. We're always learning. And um, we need to, we always, the meditation is to always stay aware. Mm. Where am I coming from in this moment with this gesture? And so, Often we perform in sex, and that makes us even more tired yeah. because we want to be good, we want to do good, we want to offer, and we don't know how to receive and how to nourish ourselves. And so we often are depleted, and I give you and you give me, and who's receiving here? And even when we receive, it's a little receiving because if you do something to me, I'm going to have to do it to you just now. Otherwise, mm. you're going to think I'm a taker <laughs> and it's not sh fair. <laughs> and did, 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 you know, all this story that we have. Yeah. And uh, we don't surrender. So we never actually go back to source. Mm. We still stay in the realm of the ego all the time. And that's tiring. Mm. The realm of the ego tires us because he always needs to have a place in the world. And instead, when you go into the place of source, you are loved because you exist. There is nothing you have to do. Mm. And sometimes just by receiving, you give so much. Yeah. Yeah. And so many times our lovers can share, and, and even lovers, not mine, people I talk to, my student, tell me, wow, I gave, I offer oral sex or pleasure to my partner and I got so much out of it just by the surrender. Mm. It was amazing. I went into this mystery with them. Their pleasure became my pleasure, becomes this intoxication. We call it the mystical ecstasy. Yeah. When you go with God, and that's, you finish that, and maybe the lover said, oh, I'm now, you're going to be next. And you go, no, 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 it's <laughs> enough for today. <laughs> yeah. Let's sit outside, let's breathe the wind. And um, we are so full that there's nothing to do. Mm. You can't even sleep. 
because you want to be awake. Yeah. You know, there was one say that I read somewhere that says, you know that you are in love when you finally, being awake is better than sleeping. Ah. And being awake in the moment that I don't want to do anything, but it doesn't mean I'm going to check out because my nervous system need, need resourcing. It means I can just be vibrating in my body and feeling all my feelings. And I don't even need to talk to my partner to tell them, oh, it was amazing, you were gorgeous. I felt all of this feeling that I feel with us. You know, oh, this is also ego. Yeah. It's enough. There is nothing to say, actually. Mm. That's the best way to love each other, mm. to sit with each other with nothing to say filled by the experience. And this could happen that maybe we spend uh, 20 minutes sucking each other's toes, because mm -hmm. that's apply as oral sex in my reality. Right. <laughs> I just also want to explain <laughs> my language. Yeah. Everything is sexuality, uh, suckling fingers and stroking hair and the neck, this area of the body is so erogenous. Mm. The forearms. Mm. I once had a full orgasm just but with my lover stroking my forearm and oh. breathing on my neck. It was everything. The, you know, the, his breath was stimulating my earlobes and was hot. And it, because I could really let myself go without thinking, yeah. oh, do we need to have penetration? How is it going to work? Because yeah. I'm dressing and he's dressed. Am I going to undress him first? Is he going to undress me? Are we going to move because the couch is uncomfortable? We should go into the bed. Ah. <laughs> and now you miss the moment. Yeah. And the moment just wanted to be that. Mm. And that when you go in, it is, wow, so rich. Yeah. And you spend half an hour, never moved from the couch, never took your panties off. Probably they wet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that was your sexual experience. Yeah. But that takes courage. Mm. Oh, that's, I come back yeah. where I went before. I wanted to explain that because I said that to take your freedom, freedom requires courage. Yes. So to be free to perhaps mm. wet your pants in a mm. completely odd situation takes the risk that you might not get that. Oh, that's what I said before. It takes the risk that maybe your lover will leave you if you ask yes. them for what you want. Yeah. It is a risk mm. that we need to be willing to take. Because if your lover doesn't leave you, it's also show you that you can stay for 20 years with a lover to whom you cannot tell your truth. Yeah. So they stay, but who are they staying with? Yeah. And who are you staying with? Because you also accept that part of you that can't talk the truth is the one you marrying. Mm -hmm. You accept to be with this one. Mm -hmm. Because if this is the person you live together for 20 years, this is the one that constantly shows up. And so it becomes the one you engaging for the rest of your life. Yeah. Is that the one you want to be with? Yeah, no, be clear about that. Yeah. because. You're gonna, that is the one that's going to hold your hand when you're dying, before everybody else's. And if she's the one you don't like, that's when we start to being so uncomfortable inside of ourselves. Mm. I think a lot of the time we don't even know that we're not speaking our truth. Mm. It's so buried deep inside. Yeah. 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 So the conversation, just the conversation is so valuable because it makes me think, ah, oh, this is something I need to be aware of. Yeah, so the question is, am I vibrating? Mm. Do I feel happy to be me in this body that I can smell and lick and touch and like, oh my God, it takes me through this life. Yeah. 
And if the answer is like, mm, meh, <laughs> would change a lot of things about me. Yeah. It's like, great. It's a great awareness. Yeah. And so, who is this one you're spending time with yeah. that you want to change things? It yeah. means, okay, it's the one that never wants to talk. Okay, so next time I'm going to commit to have the courage to sit and have that difficult conversation. Yeah. And you will have to be willing, courage, to feel the fear, to go through the fear. To be vulnerable. It feels like you're going to die because yeah. you maybe your lover will tell you and you're going to go through grief because yes your lover walked away and you're going to be on the floor like a child in fetus position and maybe you cry for three months yes not denying this mm -hmm. it's not all happy and fluffy my body's vibrating that's that's <laughs> we call it the tantric bliss bunnies it's it's the people that have the first awakening in tantra and they and then realize that the body vibrates and they're just mm -hmm. going for that mm -hmm. and yeah, that is there, but it's not that we need to have the opposite is there. You'll vibrate the more you're able to say yes to the excruciating pain of being alive, because also that's part of this dimension. Mm. And you can find many reasons to agonize about life daily. And it's, it has a purpose to bring your sorrow to that too, that you're not avoiding life. Yeah. You're actually going in head, heart first. Yeah. And you give the whole of yourself and you prepare to suffer for it. But the suffering then also brings the polarity of ecstatic joy. Mm. That you can sit with your lover and say nothing and have the best time of your life. And that level of vibrating in love. Mm. So maybe your lover leaves you, you cry for four months, but what you're doing, you're showing up for yourself. Yes. And that's is uh, has no price. It's the biggest gift you can give to yourself. And then when your body recognizes that you're there for you, that you can trust yourself. Mm. Because often in sexuality, the body doesn't show up because we've been abusing our body. And maybe we get tired or bored or we check out because the body also say, you know, fuck you. You always pimpy. You have sex when I don't feel like it. When I actually <laughs> need to sleep. Yeah. But I don't have the courage to say that because I don't want to make my lover think that I don't desire them. Mm. I want to know that I actually really love them. And this is a symbol. Instead of saying, really, I really, really love you, but I'm so tired. If we make love now, I won't be able to be present. Mm. And I'm just checking out. Would you want that? Yeah. I think any person would say, no, it's better you have a sleep. And maybe they sulk a little bit. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> they can also feel their feeling. Yeah. And maybe they can explore self-loving. And maybe you can find a compromise. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can self-pleasure themselves while you're sleeping. You, I give you permission yeah. to pleasure yourself. Would you like me to sleep naked on the couch? Where would you like to look at me? Maybe, you know, it can become playful. But I really need to sleep. Mm. And you know, what you're going to do with this is their story. And, but often we don't. And so we say, the body say no. And um, we don't listen and we override. And then eventually the body start fighting you. And said, okay, bitch, you abuse me. I'm not coming to the party. <laughs> I'm not participating. Yeah. Oh, now you want me to feel pleasure. <laughs> well, now I'm not available for you. 
You weren't available for me when I felt sorry and lonely and I just needed to be quiet and cry instead to go out partying and drink with all the friend. Yeah. So the relationship with this one, it's paramount. With the self. Yeah. With the self, to the risk that maybe, which is absurd because it's not true, but the, our fear is that, that everybody's gonna love, leave us, yeah. that no one is gonna love me anymore, that even my girlfriend won't want to spend time with me if I'm honest about not wanting to go out or not yeah. returning a phone call. This is only sexuality. Mm. How do I honor my pleasure vibrating my body? Right now, I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm. Oh, but I need to have that phone call because she really waits for me. It's, it's a game, and sometimes mm. we give in. It's okay, it's a bit of everything. But to have the awareness, you know, and um, then when you culture devotion for yourself, then your body will give plenty. Then it will come to the party when you invite it. Mm. Then you share that with your lover whole of yourself, mm. this body that vibrates, this body that is present, this body that is not worried. If you're crying, I'm not going to take it personally because I'm steady. Mm. I'm with myself. We're good. Yes. And then what's arising here? We are prepared to whatever, anything that arises because I don't need to feel loved by you because I have enough love within me. I don't need, I'm not craving for you to give me pleasure because I know how to give myself pleasure mm. and good company. Mm. Nonetheless, I'd like to share it with you. Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, but when you become your best lover, then you never want to be with anybody else's. No, not true. It's like you can be the best sitar player and you will still gonna look for someone else to have a concert with. Yeah. You wanna play with a tabla player. Yeah. You wanna be with a singer. And then, wow, now we're making something even bigger. Yeah. Then sexuality for tantricas become this. Mm. Oh, there is a man. Oh, there is a woman. Oh, there is something in between. <gasps> if my body say yes and is joyful, let's explore everything. Mm. Nothing then is taboo. Nothing is excluded. And that's why can feel extreme, mm. it's, it's extreme sexuality practice. Oh my God, what are they doing? <laughs> and everybody that has the fear, they project in all their secret desire. Yes. I wonder if they have origins. When people ask me, my <laughs> possible student, oh, but if I come, is everybody sleeping with each other? It's like, oh, would you like that? <laughs> <laughs> and I know what they ask me, so they're really craving for it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like that secret fantasy. Yes, yeah. yes. So, I hope I answer your question. Yes, thank you, know, you so much, Valentina. Direction. Yeah, that's a lot to to absorb and to take in and to mm. really take on, actually. Mm. Um, so I thank you so much mm. for all that beautiful information and for being so open as you are mm. um, with your teachings. You, you yeah. really live your practice, um, yeah. and you can see that just by having a conversation with you and seeing how open you really are and thank you for that. Yeah, pleasure. That, yeah. That's how I vibrate and so you invite more of my vibration. See, this is how we teach is through the body. That's why we call it transmission. It's not so much about what we say, but it's how we bring it. And if it brings me pleasure, then it's, it's aligned with my truth. If I say something theoretically, it doesn't resonate, then that is not fully lived. And, and so my invitation, yeah, to take on the teaching and see where they make sense for you, then they're valid for you. Where they don't make sense for you, teach them. Mm. 
-hmm. Don't spend time trying to understand them. Um, they have no value. Now you're fighting the teaching. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? You know, it's fighting your sexual desire. Yeah, yeah and it creates more distortion. So, yeah. Live it. Live it and listen. And if you're tired, sleep. And if you feel unease in any situation, get out of it. Mm. And, and when you're stronger, you come back to it. You know, if something is meant to come to your life because it's pivotal for your awakening, it will always come. There was never a potential where it wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so we don't have to chase it or be afraid that we lose it or miss it. Or in the wrong situation even. Yes. It's there for a reason. Yes, and otherwise it wouldn't be there. Mm. And so we can relax more with everything and feel more what are the emotions that are evoked daily by the situation we find ourselves in. And that's more of a refine, uh, the refine work that we like to do. Mm. So, you know, the sexuality and the physical is in the gross. And so I don't engage with technique and, and movement of energy and directionality of energy because I feel we spend a lot of energy directing energy. <laughs> and energy, it's already moving by itself. Yes. <laughs> it's greater than me. It's beyond me. It's what made me. Yes. So it's for me to feel it and maybe join in. And I'm joining in with the movement that is already happening. Even if it's a movement of pain, right. it's already happening. And sometimes in wanting to understanding or direct it and fix it, I actually don't want to be in it. I want it to go away. Mm. And it never goes away. Mm. So we better join in, even in the sorrow and in the pain, as well as the pleasure and the attraction and the excitement, and <gasps> the fascination, you know? and join in and see what it takes you. Bas. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Blessing. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the Nixie Pod podcast. Please do subscribe. <laughs>